This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my very good friend, Bryson Howard, and he talks to me about his love of France. From France. How about that? This is my third foray into uh, Skype episodes, and I think the audio sounds pretty good, but I'll apologize up top if anything gets weird. Um... This was a total joy for me and for Bryson, and I know it goes on a little longer than the typical episode does, uh, but I think it was a really interesting conversation. I think a lot of it was uh, because there was, you know, he spent uh, a cumulative amount of time up to a year in France over the course of his life, and we get into some really personal um aspects of how that has affected his life and some uh, more practical ones of uh, what that time has been and with the different programs that have allowed him to do that as a student and now as a teacher. Um, and I, I just am really excited to share this with people. Bryson is just one of the funniest, uh, best people that I've gotten to work with uh, in the past. And uh, he's kind of trying to figure out what life look like looks like once he gets pat back stateside uh so i'm very um i was really thrilled to get to kind of pick his brain about all this and catch up with him uh after a while of not doing that um so that's plenty of uh an intro where that's concerned thank you so much for listening to mbsing it's a part of the chicago podcast co-op this feels like uh, a lame show to plug <laughs> in the co-op because it, it definitely doesn't need it, but it's exciting news and worth sharing and mentioning here all the same. One of the shows in the Chicago Podcast Co-op, Hello from the Magic Tavern, uh, that past guests of the show, Matt Young and Arnie Niekamp, are uh, co-hosts along with Adol Rafai, uh, just got added to... The Earwolf Podcasting Network. If you're a fan of podcasts at all, you've probably heard of or listened to another show on that network. And it's just really exciting news for those guys. I couldn't be happier for them. It's a really wonderful show. If you haven't gotten into it yet, uh, take this propulsion onto a higher platform, so to speak, uh, and give it a chance. There's some really, really wonderful uh, displays of Chicago improv talent on that show. Um, and I think that everyone can find something to enjoy about it. Uh, so congrats to those guys, and uh, give them a listen, and anyone else in the Chicago Podcast Co-op, uh, throw a review on iTunes, rate it, it helps other people find the shows, because people did that with Hello from the Magic Tavern, now it's at a higher, you know, level, and more people are going to be able to have access to it and listen to it, and those people are going to be able to see some compensation for their work, it's just, it, it, it can't hurt, and it might help, just take a second, if you like a show and uh, throw it uh, some love.
wherever you so choose. I'll get off that soap box. Um, check out the Fishbowl at the Annoyance Theater every Thursday night at 9.30, especially if you are an improv student of some sort. Come put your student ID into the Fishbowl. You might get a chance to play with some performers and teachers at the Annoyance Theater. The next Nerdalogs Your Stories event is Sunday, March 20th. Uh, the theme is T. Hanks, or Thanks. It's in conjunction with our friends who are the founders and coordinators of Tom Hanks Day, which is next month. So we're going to try to help them tell some stories about how that got started, build up some steam so you can check that out uh, later on in the year. Um, it's at Beguile Brewing, the Your Stories event, not Tom Hanks Day. Your Stories is uh, mostly storytelling, but if you're interested at all in performing or telling a story, doing a song, whatever that looks like for you, a stand-up set, email us at yourstories@nerdalogs.com with uh, what you'd like to tell or how you'd like to participate, and we'll get back to you. Maybe you can be a part of that night. I'm really excited for the new venue. If you'd like to listen to past episodes of that show, it's also a member of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. You can find all those at nerdalogs.com. Follow at nerdalogs for any other updates for events that we're doing. I realize I've never really plugged my own Twitter handle here. It doesn't seem... I guess I just assume anyone listening to this would know me and know that about me or be able to find it. But you know what? I'm going to throw it out there anyway. I post all the new episodes there. Um, I also tell jokes and support other people that I think are funny and great and worthy of support at The Token Ginger. So if you want to follow the hosts of this podcast on Twitter at The Token Ginger... That's right, just plugged my Twitter handle. Bryson Howard also has a very funny Twitter, so I think you should follow him, at Bryson Howard. Uh, you can tell him I sent you. Give him that MBSing bump that does not exist. But what does it exist is a wonderful conversation between me and Bryson that you're about to be privy to, and I'm excited for you to hear it. That this week was like... The only good time that we could do it that wasn't, I guess it wasn't like a weekend. But even then, you'd still be trying to like accommodate your feelings. Like that. Yeah. yeah, it would be very Anne Frank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very Anne Frank. What do you think she would have casted about? <laughs> um, Probably Zane from One Direction, to be honest. Like... <laughs> Didn't Justin Bieber write in the book? Oh, yeah. Okay, and Frank, I was like, I know you yeah. would have been a believer. Yeah, that is exactly a twat. Uh, yeah, what, what a twat. Yeah, you're exactly right. God. What a twat. I'm so glad you mentioned it. I'd forgotten about that, but obviously on a subconscious level. <laughs> yeah, when you said Zane, I was like, oh, my God, that's like. That's a funny reference for so many yeah. reasons. Oh, a LaCroix. Oh. Pamplem- Pamplemousse. Pamplemousse. <laughs> oh, <ouais. laughs> Trop bon. That's how you say it, right? Pamplemousse. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard anyone say it like that over here, but no one really talks about it that often. So. Uh, what a beautiful transition to your topic.
Holla. And an unintentional one, I assure you. Those my, are always- <laughs> my guest is Bryson Howard. Remember his name because you're going to know it soon. I don't know why I said that. Because we're about to say my name for an hour and a half. <laughs> no, that, that's a challenge because I'm going to say it as many times as possible. <laughs> And uh, the reason that's a transition is because Bryson's going to talk to me about his love of France. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I knew that's what you're going you to talk about. You had a feeling. You had a feeling, didn't you? I did have a feeling. I yeah. was like, if he doesn't talk about France, maybe that's, 30 Rock? <laughs> that's another good guess. That one crossed my mind. I, yeah. I knew it had to at least be on the list because I know I, you love 30 Rock. Ah, oh, God. I just love it so much. Like, we probably shouldn't talk about it too long, otherwise. Because <laughs> it'll just become, your topic will just change and we never talk about friends. I'm 30. Yeah, it'll just 30 rock slowly and do Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is coming back. I know. I'm really excited. I really love okay. the first season. Glad that you got into that. Um, of course. It's, it's really good and, like, totally good. unique. Nothing is quite like that. Mm-hmm. Uh Tifei has a a new show that I believe she's just producing, but like one of the writers of Thirty Rock mm. is uh, I think the showrunner. Okay, but it's that like sounds- uh, it's like newsroom. It's like Thirty Rock, but a news production, mm. basically. Okay, so that seems like it has promise. I mean, um, I'll I'll watch it. Um, network or Netflix. You know, couldn't tell you. Doesn't matter. It's doesn't in matter. the very early planning processes. It doesn't matter. It'll lose all the awards to Modern Family anyway, so it doesn't really <laughs> matter what what medium it's Jim on. Parsons is <laughs> yeah, oh God, best about actor. <laughs> I know. Eventually, uh, I feel like after like the third or fourth time that Modern Family won Best Comedy, I was just like, I just can't care about the Emmys anymore, can I? Yeah. <laughs> Because it, that moment of like, is my metric broken or is theirs? Yeah. And like, obviously, it's more reasonable that the whole academies would be broken than just mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's an easy decision. Yeah, they're. Um, I just the fact that um, Nick Offerman was never even nominated for an Emmy yeah. is just like that's enough for me to just stop caring about it yeah. because yeah. obviously they aren't going to acknowledge the things that I think are the best so yeah it's a waste of of energy Energy, i guess yes speaking of um other award shows that we shouldn't care about that we do oscars are coming up this weekend have you seen all of them yet or not i have seen all of the best picture nominees i have not a vast majority of the uh performance nominees okay of the best pictures i think i've seen i've seen five I believe, and I wanted to go see The Revenant today, mm-hmm. but it was sold out when I got to the movie theater. Oh. So instead, I bought Mad Max, and I'm just going to watch that at some point again because I love Mad Max. Personally, that's my favorite one I've seen. That uh, is Stephanie's favorite as well. Okay. I have not seen The Revenant or Brooklyn or Room um, because I can't. They like The Revenant just came out today in oh. France. The other two don't come out until March. So, gonna be I, a while. We're not keeping score, but that's one 
anti against France if we're <laughs> if someone's making a chart. <laughs> the room and the big short are my favorites. I did not <laughs> care for the revenant. I did um I can recognize that Mad Max is a very entertaining movie for the type of movie that it is. It did mm-hmm. not do much for me. I just okay. couldn't like get myself bought into it if that is a fair assessment at all yeah that's fair i mean we're allowed to have you know tastes yeah that's totally fine Um, i personally loved it i was on the edge of my seat i mean i feel like i'm in the very much minority in that i did i didn't like i didn't love it i'm glad to hear that you didn't like the revenant because i'm really wanting to hate that movie (laughs) i I don't really want to like it at all. Think you might. I went in thinking I was not going to like it, and I absolutely did not like it. <laughs> I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> I started watching it, and I was like, "Wow, this might be better than I thought." No. <laughs> Big nap time right there really? in the middle for like an hour and a half. Oh man! And then the end is kind of interesting, and then it's over. Oh, I can't wait. I want to have the exact same reaction. The only I reason why I don't... Please talk to me after you watch after... it, because okay. I, I went to see it with uh, my boyfriend and one of our really good friends, and uh-huh. all three of us, when we were leaving the theater, were just like, <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> slog. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I feel the same way. I really do. The I... only reason why I feel badly about it is, is because I actually legitimately like Tom Hardy. I think Tom oh, Hardy is like... He... Really good. I think he's the best part of the movie. Okay, good. Then I'm yeah, I'll be I'll be I'll be happy with that. I think I was about to say then I'll like it, but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hate it. I, I can't think wait to probably it. like Tom Hardy and not like the movie overall, but okay. I sounds mean, about right. I don't know. I yeah. uh I think both of the gentlemen that I went with had higher expectations of it than I did because <laughs> the trailers looked really interesting and like um I really liked Birdman. I don't know how you feel about Birdman. Uh, I had mixed feelings. I know I've talked to Stephanie about it some, and she and I like it less than you do. Yes. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I, I loved Edward Norton in it though. I I thought he was great. I just thought everyone yeah. was great in it. I thought it was really interesting and like move. It is like the opposite movie of The Revenant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Birdman is like oh, every something is constantly happening. It's moving. Yeah, okay. It's fast. It's like really interesting and. Um, complex. Uh, um, but Red, I, I just don't. Just a slow bear. I, I, I don't like a lot of other Inuyatu movies. Um, but I was. So I think after Birdman, the guys I went with were like, "Oh, this guy's good. This trailer looks mm-hmm. good. Like Leo's got all this buzz. Blah blah blah." And mm-hmm. I was like, "Well, I saw yeah, Beautiful, and it <laughs> is." a slog and i think this is gonna be a slog too and they were like really and i after the mm-hmm. movie i was like I hate to say i told say you it. so <laughs> yeah. but at least they learned something valuable like they learned not to extrapolate from one data point you know <laughs> like, yeah i mean i think that I hate, that guy is so he's so all over the place because i like um i like 21 grams I've never seen. I, I've, I've only seen Birdman, to be honest. I don't know any of these. Never see Beautiful. It's spelled B I U T I F U L. Okay. Well, maybe if you like The Revenant, see Beautiful, but 
All right, well, I'll base it off of that, but I, I doubt I'll like it. I think they have pretty similar, like, pluses and minuses. Okay. Um, I'm just worried I'm just worried he's going to win Best Picture and Best Director for this, like, two years in a row, which is just bogus to me. I just can't. I can't, I can't imagine it, honestly. I really can't. With, I just don't think it's the best movie out of this field of movies. I don't think it's a great year overall. No, not really. I... But I just can't imagine that he would get both again. I really can't. Maybe I'm way off, and by the time people are listening to this, they'll be laughing in their Mm -hmm. suitcases. Where are people (laughs) listening to this? (laughs) Homeless people love the Oscars. And my podcast, like the Venn Venn diagram. We have a weird demographic, but... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, okay. maybe he'll win it. If he does win it, though, I just hope Jim Parsons presents the award. That way we can just, like, <laughs> just kill ourselves right then and there. <laughs> and call, call it a life. Good old, good old, I hope he does it in character wearing a flash <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> and he's just, like, very, uh, like, nonplussed about the whole situation. He's just like, mm. <laughs> The Oscars. <laughs> None of the movies I like ever receive Oscars. Ugh. Where was the Amazing Spider-Man two? <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, he would do that. God, I go to, and I always hated. You probably get this a lot. Having studied chemistry, people oh. are always like, "Oh, you must, you must, you must love the Big Bang Theory." And I'm like, "Nope, I hate it." It's I really even worse it. when people. Like when you're a person who studied comedy or who studied chemistry, and, and exactly, comedy. exactly. Yeah. When you're a person who studied chemistry and does comedy, it's like anyone outside of the comedy community. Mm-hmm. That's their entry point. They're just like <gasps> Big Bang Theory. Yeah, you, you, you must love it. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Uh, I mean, a lot of my family really likes it, so I try. My mom likes it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd rather talk about that than, like, the Republican nominees, I guess. <laughs> like, beggars can't be choosers, really. <laughs> not it, not this election cycle. Oh, too true, mon frere. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like um, Big Bang Theory is going to pick up some new, like, young Southern fans because yeah. they're just avoiding this topic. Yeah. Um, That's all I know is if Jim Parsons wins the... Wins, wins, wins Ohio, we're gonna <laughs> the Ohio primary, then it, then I'm really going to kill myself. A swing state at that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, what using times we live in. Um, all right. Wow. That was a fun little. <laughs> Departure. Little sidebar. Yeah. Hey, welcome to MBSing. That's all I got to say. I'm so happy to be here. I've wanted to do this for quite some time. I didn't know if it would really happen. Because I thought. I feel like you texted me that it was your one dream or something like that. Maybe. It was... Yeah, that feels like something I would have texted. (laughs) It was a very intense, like, I want to do this. And I was like, I can make that happen. (laughs) Was this when I was in France, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, this is sounding more and more familiar. Yeah, yeah. Definitely did that. I'm trying to put texts into your hands. No, 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 don't. (laughs) Uh, So, you're in France right now. I'm in France right now. I'm. It's. It is 1:59 a.m. 
Oh my gosh. I'm so France. sorry. I'm going to be so late. It is okay. I'm in the suburbs of, of Paris in the, in the, in the, uh, in the east, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the department called Saint Saint Denis. Um, and all of the cool kids, they call it Le Neuf Trois because it's the number is, is 93. And to be cool, they just call it the Neuf Trois, the 93. Um, the number. Uh, sorry. Yeah. The French, French departments, they all have a number oh, like, like counties so, or something kind of, but they're larger. Uh, well, actually I don't know. They're a little bit larger. So Paris is 75, uh, Versailles is 78 for instance. And so where I'm living right now is, is the 93, the Neuf Trois, the Neuf Trois. Um, so it's a fun little suburb. It's out, uh, it's, it's, it's different than the other places I've, I've been in, in, in France from the last time I was living here. Uh, but it's fun. It's, it, it has a reputation for being like a very, uh, a harder suburb, I should say, I guess. Um, like seedy, which, uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Well, hmm, how should I frame this without, uh, sounding ignorant? Um, I get, uh, like when I tell people who are French, I'm like, yeah, I'm in, I'm in Saint-Saint-Denis, uh, teaching in a high school. They're always like, how is it? Right. Which is like probably partly founded in truth, but also a little bit in like racism and, and, and ignorance and stuff like that. So it'd be like Uh, if someone here said like, oh, I'm teaching high school on the South side of Chicago. Probably. Yeah. I know very little but yeah, it sounds similar. It would be that same reaction. Yeah, yeah. It would be that same reaction, and it would probably be racist. <laughs> yeah, mostly racist. Yeah, um, which is interesting to to be in because, like, the last time I was in France for an extended period of time during study abroad, I was in Versailles, which right. is like like hoity toity, like kind of bullshit in yeah. a certain how you look at it. Um, uh. Which I didn't really get that until I came here to the suburb I'm in now. Lived in like a totally because, different place. Yeah, because I I don't mean that in a judgmental way, but like I told my host family, like where my current host family, like I told them, oh, I did study abroad in Versailles, and they immediately were like, oh, Versailles, and like put <laughs> pinkies out, and I was like, okay, so maybe. So I, even there, though, like I feel yeah, like yeah, it's like the other way around. Yeah, that's really funny. So it's been I don't think. how did you get the how did you end up doing what you're doing now um yeah so i'm doing a program called tapif um like t-a-p-i-f which stands for i think teaching assistant program in france oh Um, that's more straightforward than i thought it would be (laughs) yeah yeah it's in english um so it's like a it's like a partnership between the French uh, Ministry of Education or whatever and some U.S. government body, I believe. Okay. Um, and so every year there are like thousands of, of people in their twenties because uh, after you're thirty, you're not eligible, and they come and be a teaching assistant. So I thought about doing it right after uh, university, but instead I made the um, University, so <laughs> European. Oh yeah, I know. Well, because over here, if I say college, it's confusing because in France, college, which is spelled like college, that's middle school. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Okay, that's, that's a mis- little more understandable. I thought you were just taking on all of the affectations. No, um, no if I had been doing that, I would have said uni. Yeah, 
when I went after I finished uni. Right. Um, but no, yeah. So uh, after oh, university, but instead of oh, go ahead. Yeah. So I, I, as you know, I made the the misguided decision to do um, uh, a PhD in chemistry, which morphed into a, a master's in chemistry. So I got a little sidetracked, I guess. But, Listen, um, hindsight's twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. Two, you had enough uh, sense and uh, gumption to GTFO. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So most, I, yeah. mostly what? It was mostly my decision to, to GTFO. There was a little bit of uh, forced <laughs> pushing, but uh, <laughs> well, it's okay. I mean, even if like if you had tried to like force yourself through it i'm sure there wouldn't have been as much push back you know true and i guess like the yeah so i like i was referencing the fact that my boss in in at vanderbilt like at one point she took me into her office and like was yelling at me and mm. it was like if, if you're not like if you're not i uh what was her if you're not devoted enough to serve or something blah 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 then you need to get the hell out of here we need to get you the hell out of here and so like obviously if i really wanted to i could have like pushed back and been like no i do want this like like screw you bitch i'm gonna i hope she's not gonna listen to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> um but you know what maybe she needs to hear it maybe she needs to hear it <laughs> i mean you don't have to answer to them anymore exactly right yeah uh, regardless but i i doubt it um not very yeah. many people listen to she's, this she's not homeless so yeah she's <laughs> her suitcase like she's not homeless and she hates the oscars um. yeah, she's just <laughs> canadian she couldn't care less they have their juno awards or whatever uh, uh, so okay, uh, so you thought about doing it then, and decided <laughs> to do it now. You get back in May. Yeah, I do. My I bought a return flight for May thirtieth, um, which is very long. <laughs> yeah, you, how, very very. Because you will have been there for about a year, right? A little over. Um, no, a little under um, actually. So yesterday was uh was like exactly five months, oddly oh. enough. Um, that I've been here. So when I leave, it'll be, what does that put me at? Like around eight? Yeah, around eight months. I guess like um, most of a school year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, when I leave, like it'll cumulatively for my life, it'll be like a like a, around one full year of having lived in France. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's a nice little... You know, put a little bow on it. You know, yeah, if I come back, at least I can look at it and be like, well, I did it for a year. I don't know. Who knows? Good for you. Um, what do you think was the origin of your love for France in the first place? Oh, man. That is a really good question because I've always wondered that myself. Um, and I've never really known. I, I um, mean, I've always, since right around when I first met you, I've known <laughs> of this love. I mean, you were you got a double major, right? Yeah, I, yeah. At university. At, at university, uh, yeah, chemistry and French. So I studied it. Uh, I started in high school. Well, actually, I started. I started uh, in eighth grade. Was when I first took a French class, but it was like, it, I mean, it was like it was like bullshit, rudimentary was stuff. Numbers like numbers and yeah, colors. and like phrases, but no grammar. So like. Right. You like you couldn't claim any fluency because 
you couldn't actually form a sentence that you right. hadn't memorized. You know right, I mean? right, 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 right. But, you know, whatever, everyone who took the class would then immediately go and the next period be like, yeah, I speak French. Oh, boy. (laughs) But Do you think that, like, ignited it? Or do you think there was an interest there before Uh, that? It was already there. Um, It was all – actually, oh, I have a funny story about that eighth grade class, so I forgot about this. This will be worth telling. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like that you have to qualify. This is worth telling. This is not going to get cut. Um, I probably will see what gets cut. Most we'll of it will stay in. Um, so, um, well, first of all, one time she like she got she brought in chocolate for us, and being naive middle schoolers, we all believed her when she said it was like Swiss chocolate, but really it was just like lint or something oh, like that. Oh, sure. It wasn't like she brought it from Switzerland, anyways. If my memory is correct, which I don't know why I'd be making up this memory, memory unless I'm more starved for attention than I thought. Uh, <laughs> I seem to remember that, like, right at the end of the school year, like in time for finals, she just stopped coming, and she was she was relatively old. Um, and then, like, word got out, like, so she stopped coming, and she didn't come for the rest of the year. Did you and just we have were, subs the whole time? Yeah, I think so. But it might have only been like a week or two. I forget. Eighth grade is becoming quite a long time ago. Um, I'm going to remember this story however I want to, I guess. Um, (laughs) Anyways, and then the way I remember it is either during the summer vacation or else the next year when we came back, word got out that like, oh, she stopped coming back. I need to get the smile off my face. You are. (laughs) Because she died. Oh my God. I know. But like, None of us knew. So we Why didn't middle schoolers, we were probably all just like ecstatic of like, yeah, she's gone. Like and then come to find out, we're like, oh, she's she's gone. Why didn't gone. they tell you? I don't know. Maybe they thought we were too young. Or, how or, old did how old was she, ballpark? I mean, oh, it's so hard to tell. Um she had to have been certainly late sixties, I would say. She lived a life. What did the chocolate have to do with the story? <laughs> uh, absolutely nothing. But it says a lot about me as a person. <laughs> it, I can't remember much about her as a human being or the details of I was death, like, but okay, she brought you Swiss chocolate yeah. one day. She stopped showing up afterwards. The chocolate was bad, maybe? <laughs> No, we ate that chocolate. That's for damn sure. Um, she yeah. probably like um, melted a bunch of chocolate down and then like uh, put some of her belongings into it because she knew she. Was, I don't know. Yeah, or maybe like the chocolate was like a horcrux and it was like the last one. Yes. So when we all ate it, we killed her. I don't yes. know. Yes. <laughs> it, it could be any of those things. Or maybe it was cancer. It could have been cancer. <laughs> I think it was probably cancer. It was probably cancer. The silence. But yeah, isn't that a that is a sad story? I haven't thought about that story since probably since high school. Assuming it's true, <laughs> I hope. Sorry. Like you said, I can't see you having just fabricated that. That one, yeah, yeah, on the fly. That wouldn't really make much sense. Um. um so yeah, so I uh, I already loved France at the time then, and and the death of my first French teacher didn't didn't. <laughs> That's amazingly. <laughs> if anything, I'm doing this for her. <laughs> I just couldn't even remember if that story was really. 
And I have no idea what her name is. Oh, no. All I can remember is she, she was white. She was definitely white. Does France have a an equivalent to RAP? Um, oh, I don't know, actually. I've never seen one. That's a good question. I'm going to look that up after this. Okay. Um. Oh, I have no idea if it does or not. Um. But you can't really... So there was an interest before that, but you don't really know why. Yeah, there was already an interest there, um, interest leaning on obsession for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. I do, I can remember that, uh, so I, I'm the youngest of four, um, and my eldest sister, she's, how old is she now? I'm 25, so she's 31. Um, so she had, Brittany. she was, oh, that's the other one, Chelsea. So close. I just, uh, I only remembered one of your sister's names, and I was like, I think this is the one that's closer to his age. But I'm gonna. Throw yeah, anyway. that is right. Yeah, maybe you met her. You might have met Bernie. I, I think forget. I might have as well. You might have. She came to Furman a couple times. Um. Anyway, so so yeah, my eldest sister Chelsea, she was taking French. I know that in in high school, and she was in high school, so I would have been in elementary school, I believe. Um. So it's possible that that's when it started, but I I want to say my gut is telling me it was already before that but that would be leaning that would like go into just like irrational territory which is fine like it could be coming just weird innate thing or like i saw something when i was too young to remember it and somehow it stuck with me i don't know right there's a couple of like disney movies that are set in france that yeah there's yeah there's hunchback of notre dame which i i definitely have always had like a a a big uh attraction for yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's something about it <laughs> uh no i do love i like that movie a lot though actually there um i watched it on new year's not new year's eve because that would be lame but on new year's this this year um i hung out with some americans some australians and um we had fun we got good and um good and good and liquored up um and so the next day we took it very very easy <laughs> Tarzan, and then we watched Hunchback of Notre Dame. And good underrated like, choices, I say. Very good, yeah, yeah, and very different sides of the music spectrum as far as yes. Disney movies. Oh, Phil so Collins, true, and Fire. Um, but yeah, the opening to Hunchback of Notre Dame is so so good. Like, I don't know if you remember it very well, but it's very good. You should go rewatch it. Not and- specifically, I remember God help the outcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but it was fun to watch that again. It was fun for everyone to like have that realization of, oh, wait, that's Demi Moore. Oh. And very surreal. Yeah. Wow. That blew my yeah. mind. And it was just weird, too. We finished the movie and we all kind of looked at each other. And we were like, so that's like a really dark Disney movie. It's like. It is I dark. Watched it. It's like really weird. I mean. Like, he, like the, the, the creepy government dude, like. He mm-hmm. wants to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. He wants to, I'm pretty sure, rape Esmeralda. Oh, um, I think so. Like, to say the least. Um, it, 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 it The movie opens with him killing people and trying to kill the baby. Like, it's a crazy movie. And then there, it's very creepy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, as far as Disney movies go. <laughs> here's, an, here's an interesting thought. Demi Moore and Mel Gibson, didn't they? Oh, no, it's Bruce Willis. Never Bruce. mind. Did, oh, yeah, Demi Moore and Bruce Willis were married. I yeah, was thinking yeah. Mel Gibson. I was like, oh, so Esmeralda and, and John Smith, but it's yeah, it's oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's John Smith, but it's um, 
it's Bruce Willis, not Mel Gibson. Yeah. She was married to. But Bruce Willis never did a Disney movie. Um The Kid. I don't know that one. <laughs> it's like uh it's live it's action. Like live action? Yeah. It's like about um him like meeting a younger version of himself or something like that. I don't know. Spencer Breslin. Oh yeah, I remember him. <laughs> he played the kid. <laughs> uh I could I unless I'm making all this up like your dead French teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so uh there's so like once you started taking it regularly do you feel like that interest just kind of snowballed yeah yeah for sure um so like it's like once i hit high school when i was taking proper french classes and like learning grammar um like my teacher liked me a lot it was the same teacher my sister had so he already kind of i guess had had a soft spot for me and um it just came yeah we're, we're a weird good bunch um but uh, it, yeah, it just it, um, I had a lot of interest in it. I liked doing it. I found it very, um, I guess, fulfilling in a way. And very, I don't know, it's, studying a language. I don't know. Maybe it's not for everybody. And maybe some people find it like dull as shit <laughs> to study a language. Which I get that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, most of the time, I find it very, very, very fun. Um, the only times I hate it is when I'm like. Whoa, Mostly when I'm speaking, because that's where I'm I'm the weakest, and always have been. And so I get very frustrated when I do it poorly. Like I hate making mistakes, grammatical mistakes, and all that type of stuff, and pronunciation. Um, so I, I, that limits me a lot. Um, and I think it's just because I I hate doing things poorly, or I sure. hate doing some doing something that I know I can't do well. I, I hate to do, which is why I don't play basketball. Why I don't. <laughs> I don't do a lot of things, but, um, it's a negative <laughs> aspect. but yeah, I, I loved it. Once I started taking it in high school, like I remember, cause most of the people you take, I mean, you remember taking foreign language classes. Most people in there are just there to get the credit, you know, yeah, which is sure. fine. But I, I, I didn't have Spanish that mindset. Ah. And I changed. Did you like it or not? Schools. I did. I think I have the same issues with learning foreign languages as I do with English, even though there aren't as many exceptions to rules. Mm. Typically (laughs) I have just always had, like when I was growing up, I just was like, why isn't this like math? Like why, uh, why can I learn something? And then I have to unlearn it or like have to learn all these exceptions. And, uh, I think that was really like, I think I was a very, uh, you know, black or white, like, give me a rule and I'll learn it and I'll never yeah, forget yeah. it. And then, but I got frustrated when, you know, you're giving me a rule and then I immediately have to learn all these exceptions to it. Right, right, right. Which is I also, totally it's funny while you're talking about, uh, like the things that attract you to learning foreign languages, all I could think about was like organic chemistry. Oh, oh, I hate it. (laughs) Because I feel similarly about organic. It's like you learn all these rules and then you're supposed to just be able to apply them all, but there's all these exceptions and certain situations. That totally makes sense, yeah. I mean, I I agree. I hate organic chemistry, but yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. Or I think you hate it. Do you hate it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the worst. Oh, yeah, Um, real bad. (laughs) It's it's really the the worst. Probably Um, my, one of my least favorite classes. Uh, uh, But I loved, I really liked Dr. Guess. I just, like, could not get behind organic chemistry. 
Yeah, I've heard great things about him. I didn't have him, but he was apparently good. He was um, a really good teacher. I was just a bad learner. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I did um, fine in the end. Uh, I did fine in the first organic, but then bioorganic was the worst class I ever took at Berman. MBS did not get that biochem degree. She got that straight chem degree and never took bio. Uh, They must have changed the rules then because I I had to take it. I think I was one of the last people who did not have to take that class. That sucks. Uh, Did you have Dr. I'm so happy for you, though. Buckmuller? I had... um, the no no um i did not ever have her but i heard nothing but good things she honestly like that's one of the only reasons i would have wanted to take more of the biochem (laughs) stuff is because i think she was phenomenal i truly loved her i heard wonderful things the only issue was the classes she taught i had zero interest in taking i I guess we're never gonna meet each other i know i felt but i loved i loved hearing good things about her because i love like I don't know. I love I love good, you know, powerful women doing things well and, and yeah, I th- and shit like that. She was definitely really like she came to the department while I was at Furman, mm-hmm. uh, but when she joined the department, I was like, "Who is this lady?" You know, like I just <laughs> like I immediately just like wanted to get to like get in that head. Um, yeah. And she was definitely always one of the people in the department who was the most encouraging and like excited about I you, you saying that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the like not doing chemistry anymore and like doing comedy I, and coming to Chicago and stuff. And I, that's just so invaluable. Like I feel like a lot of people just didn't really understand it and weren't mm-hmm. necessarily like negative about it. Just also weren't like gung ho. And she was just mm-hmm. like oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like sometimes I go to comedy shows in Asheville. Like it was, wow. just, like, she was just so sweet and supportive and it, I've, you know, obviously carried it with me Yeah, five plus years later. <laughs> yeah. No, that is great. Cause yeah, that's rare to get that kind of support in that type of environment. I feel like. I think so too. When it's unfortunately, yeah. Counter to, um, not to say that everyone else just like shat on it. I think a lot of people just didn't really get it. Get it? Yeah, yeah. Um, um wait, that's wait fair. you said you had great uh, French teachers in high school. Oh, yeah, I had a French teacher. I had a school? good one in high school, really good one. Um, and he like, like he, he really he could tell that I liked it a lot and that I really cared and like I wanted to be good at it. Mm-hmm. So he really he like invested in that i guess i should say is the best way of putting it so like i would you know like we would be learning lower level rules but then i would notice something in the book of like why it didn't look like it was following the rule correctly i'd be like why is that he was like oh it's because it's a good question it's because there's a preceding direct object and i was like what does that mean right so all that stuff i do think that you learn just as much about the native language that you speak mm-hmm. as you do about the foreign language that you're learning. Absolutely. Yeah. I tutored a girl when I was at Vanderbilt, I was tutoring a girl in French, um, just for fun and for, for money. Um, <laughs> and she, um, and she, so like she was awful at French, but she, she needed a tutor because she was awful at French. Um, and she was just, she was a student athlete. Um, another little sidebar. She was a student athlete, and so at first I was like, oh, cool. Maybe she's like on the basketball team or something like that. Like, that's pretty cool. Uh, no, she was on the bowling team. 
Stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop. The Vanderbilt women's bowling team. Did they which, only have a women's team? Uh, good question. I think so, but I'm not sure. Because uh, I asked because that because of Title IX, every school uh, has uh, to have the same number of programs for men and women. So as soon as I heard bowling, I was like, oh, that is something they tacked on because they needed another women's sport. Yeah, probably so. That's but Bush to League. their credit, and she mentioned this to me at least once, um, <laughs> they are only sport at Vanderbilt at the time to have won a national championship, which I think is no longer the case because of be- uh, baseball. Oh, that's right. Be- yeah, yeah. But it was right before that. Last, like a couple years. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. Bowling. I know. <laughs> but she was apparently quite good at it, as from what I know. Awful at French. Very bad at French. Good at bowling. Bad at French. But, and it's, it's sad. It's so often you're good at one of those two, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame all the French bowling teams over here they they can't speak they can't speak <laughs> they're all mute <laughs> um no, so she wasn't very good at French, and then I slowly through tutoring her, I realized she also just wasn't good at English because oh. I would like you know I would say things like direct object and she'd be like what what is a direct object yeah. or like just various parts of speech she'd be like, I don't know what that is right. Which was depressing at first, but then also like I'm I'm literally changing this girl's life. Oh. <laughs> and like, so that, and that then you fun. became a teacher. Just tapif, tapif. But yeah, I just I don't know. I, I I really do. I love French a lot. Um, and there's just something fun about like it's it's not French is not the thing I love the most in the world. I think that's safe to say. France is very high on the list, but French itself isn't. Sure. But I do love – it's just fun to see the way two languages, like, compare and interact with one another. And just, I, I don't know, the interesting, like, like challenges of trying to translate and stuff like that. Like, that's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is translate. Like, it's very, very difficult. When I was doing study abroad, my mother came to visit one time. And so there was a dinner with my mother there who doesn't speak any French at all. Mm-hmm. And then my host family who spoke very little English. And so everything that was being spoken in French, I would then have to translate the English to my mother and then vice versa. Like, it was exhausting. I wanted I to... I can't imagine, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to blow up. Um, but it's fun to see those things. And it's... I don't know. Like... One of my favorite things about French, and I don't know why, I've only met one other person who thought this story was even remotely interesting. Uh, <laughs> I probably well, should have met her, but she's a professor at Furman, so it wouldn't have worked out. Um, <laughs> and now she's engaged. Um, but I think it's so fascinating. So was the she English a French professor? Yeah, she was my French professor uh, who I up with. Yeah, We went to a Vampire Weekend concert together, and it was wonderful. You said you still uh, keep up with her? Yeah, I saw her in uh, November or December, December, because oh, she was on the same trip now. I love oh, her. She's the best. cool. It's Dr. Bessie, Dr. Marianne Bessie. I love her to death. Bessie. She's amazing. Bessie. Um, uh, and she has good taste in music and good taste in beer. She's love really a, one- she's a wonderful woman. Love wonderful. Vampire Weekend. Bryson, yep. are you going to put a hit out on her fiancé? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I couldn't do that. Funnily enough, because her fiancé is the son of another Furman French professor. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, anyways, where I was going with this? Oh, okay. So cool little story about comparing French and English. I have two of them. This is the first one. So 
The English word raisin. You know what a raisin is, don't you, Mary Beth? Dried up grape. It's just a dried up grape. Yeah. It's a dried up grape. So, do you want to know what the French word for grape is? Uh, vin. No, that's uh, that's wine. Very good guess. Yeah, the French word for grape is raisin, which is spelled exactly like raisin. Okay, and then the French word for raisin, which is a dried grape, is raisin sec, which is a dry. That means dry raisin. Yeah, ours is dry grape. Dry grape. So it's just funny to me how like the normal French word for the fruit became our word for the driver. That driver's. is funny. And then it gets even better because. Oh my God. You know what a Mary Beth, you surely you are a woman of the world. You know what a prune is. I do. <laughs> it's, it's a, a dried plum. It's a dried plum. The French word for plum is prune. Ah <laughs> So it it with two fruits, we just took we were like, okay, we have this dry version of it. What are we gonna do? And then what? someone in the back was like, Well, we'll just take the French name and then that's really funny. Do you think that's a commentary on French people in general? Like, ugh, it's like <laughs> this dried up, chewy, weird version. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> I don't really like it, but we have it. Oh, a French name then. Yeah, that's, that's the best theory we've got. <laughs> um, I I just think that's fascinating for some reason. And I think uh, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, most people I tell it to don't think it's very cool. I I think that is cool. I appreciate that story. Thank you so much. Um, And then another story about French, which this, another story, the only person who thought this was interesting was uh, Dr. Marianne Bessie. Uh, We had a fun moment when we were both like, this is so cool. Um, (laughs) So in, in English, the word straw is something that you drink from or drink with, I should say. And it's also the thing that you feed to horses, right? Or mm-hmm. cattle or something. I don't know. I don't know sure. anything about cattle. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do 4-H or whatever it's called. Um, <laughs> and then, so in French, the the word for straw to drink from is pie. Uh, not P-I-E, but pie. And it's the same word for straw. So in both languages, in both English and French, we use the same word for the thing you drink from and the thing that you feed to horses, which I think is just amazing. I don't oh, know why. I understand. So it's not the same word between the languages, but within it's, each language, they have the same word. The same which, word means the same things in both instances. That is really interesting. So interesting. I don't know why I think that's so interesting, but I really do. Um, What do you... Uh, what do you think is – let's see. I want to talk to you about the time that you spent in Versailles for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I guess – so we talked about like <laughs> eighth mm-hmm. grade French. We talked about high school French and probably that time and your interest and your teacher and everything is what led you to double major in it. Yeah. Um. What was like – what led up to like – Knowing that you wanted to do that study abroad program, and uh-huh. then I guess if that's not like if you can't really think of anything of note or you don't really think it's that like you don't want to speak to your experience as a mm-hmm. major, then let's just jam about Versailles. Okay. Um, yeah, my decision to do study abroad. So, like we said at Furman, I did the study abroad program where you go and live with the host family in Versailles. Um, and I knew I wanted to do that 
once I heard that that program existed at Furman because I knew I I hadn't been to France yet and I was up until that point in my life. So I would have been like 19. Um, that was like my biggest life ambition Aww. at the time. It was like, I need, I need to go to France. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was definitely like, that was the biggest thing that I was trying to point my life toward, I guess. Um, uh, so I applied for it and, uh, you know, I was freaking out about like, Oh, I'm probably not going to get it. And then like, I got it. I, um, I was extremely happy and, um, and then just had to wait to go. But, um, and yeah, so I guess what was interesting too, though, is like the summer before you'll remember this summer, the summer before I went to Versailles, I did the, the thing at Furman where you like work in a, a lab for the summer. Yeah. Um, um, and I, I, I did not like it. I did not like it, um, which should have been like a really big clue for me to like. It probably you know, should have. Yes. Yeah. Like I should have. That should have been a nice hint that maybe chemistry wasn't gonna um, get my get 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 my blood pumping or whatever. I guess you weren't um, going to be. Inspired. I was about to say get me hard, but like that's gross. <laughs> that's really not what we're talking about. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, so yeah, I should have clued in on that, but I guess I needed to wait a few more years before that lesson would be taught to me. Um, uh, so yeah, I did that, uh, working in the lab, hated it. And then very soon after that finished, I hopped on the plane to go to, uh, to Versailles, to France for the first time. And I knew one person on the trip, my good friend Dylan, who you know. Yes. Uh, so that was good. I had one friend there who I, I've known him since sixth grade. Uh, oh, I had forgotten that your friendship went back that far. Yeah. I think I remember yeah. you guys knew each other before Furman, but yeah. wow. Yeah, we've known each other for a while. Um, and then, so I knew him, and then the other 10 people on the trip I didn't know. Like, I knew who their names were because it's Furman, and, you know, everybody's... Right, sure. Names. Uh, but, so it was good. Like, I had one comfort thing to fall back on, but then also, like, made friends with these new people who... You know, it, it, well, you did study abroad, so you kind of know how it is. Like, it all feels, to a certain degree, it all feels very disingenuous because it's just like, we would not be talking to each other if we weren't on this program together, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Or at least that's very much how it felt for ours because I think our group is smaller usually mm-hmm. than the program it, you did. That was like 12, 12 would yeah, we be had 12. like half to a third, I think, of our group. Okay. We had like a full tour bus. Okay, yeah, no. Our, yeah. Which sounds awesome, but it was me- fun. It was weird. Uh, I only really. It was probably a little different because I only really talked to the people that I knew because there were enough. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because you had the theater. Yeah, it was theater, group, English, and group. history, and so I really only talked to like the people who had already been associated with theater before that, and okay. then a couple of other people that I knew that like weren't theater associated but then as a result of being like knowing me they just like became incorporated in our group i guess mm-hmm. um so but yeah i mean anytime i talked to anyone that i didn't know it was very like uh, like cool seeing those um old crosses yesterday huh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where where do you guys eat dinner? You know, like <laughs> how's your part of the bus? Yeah, right. We always sat in the back. We were those kids. Like, like yeah, we just like took up the whole back row and 
I uh, love that. Our buds would sit in the, like, you know, few rows ahead of us. I love that. Um, so, yeah, it was it was intimate, but also a little bit phony, I guess. Sure. Um, but so, yeah, I lived with a host family who, who were excellent and very, very kind. Um, and I had, there was a, a, the youngest brother in the host family. Um, he was 12 at the time. His name's Paul. Uh, and it was super fun because it was like I was for three months. It was like I had a little brother. I and remember I, talking and, uh, to you about that aspect of it. Yeah. I remember that. It was an unexpected surprise, but I, How I old loved was he? it. So he was 12. Um, so he was, he's a good bit younger than I am. Um, uh-huh. and I've seen him since I, I've seen him once since I've been back this time. Aww. So now he's, he's like 18 and he's like, you know, bigger than me and plays rugby. Um, was it weird? So, yeah, it was really weird. We have a lot less to talk about. Oh, I was thinking that when you said it, I was like, oh, I bet it like wasn't as fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, it kind of, yeah, it would be like if they actually did a friends reunion, like and I'm fully <laughs> against the friends reunion now. Cause it's, it would have been that <laughs> like Rachel plays rugby now and she's like, Oh, I don't like this. <laughs> um, Rachel, <laughs> But also, uh, I mean, to, in your mind and memory, I'm sure it was so, you know, clear and your relationship to him at the time was very specific but and it's like you you know it was going from being what whatever like 20 to being 25 or yeah 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 exactly uh whereas he was going from being 12 to being 18 which is yeah such a different huge yeah yeah. massive difference Yeah, yeah um so it was a little bit surreal um but i remember one time um, so he and I got along really well. Um, uh, and there was one time, so he had a, he had newly gotten a, a, a golden retriever, like a puppy for his birthday the summer before I got there. So it was like a cute dog. And one of the girls on our, one of the girls on my study abroad, I'm not going to say names. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, she came over one day. I'm going to feel so bad about telling this story. All these stories I'm going to tell, I'm going to feel bad about, but, um, you should. <laughs> You're right. I didn't kill my French teacher. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> um, um, anyway, so she 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 came over and she was like seeing the house and like playing with the dog. And then she needed to use the restroom, so I was like, "Yeah, go for it. It's it's over there. Go for it." And so then, like, just me and Paulo, me and Paul, we were in the living room or something. I don't know. And so she's in the bathroom out of out of out of being able to hear me and I just look at Paul and I was just like, I hate that bitch. (laughs) Or I think I was like, I don't like her. I forget how I worded it, but I was just like, I do not like her. And then he he just like laughed and he was like, why is she here then? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I feel a little bit bad about that story, but whatever it happens. Hey man, Um, the truth always the truth will yeah. set you free. Exactly. Wait, what did the dog have to do to it? She just wanted to see the dog. <laughs> it's exactly like the chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Every story I tell just has one little detail that is vivid. I keep thinking. I keep thinking that like because I'm tired and I'm like, uh, like a little just what's the punchy that yeah. I'm like missing one link. <laughs> And it's just that it's not there. It has nothing to do with it. I don't know why I put these details in there. 
they're, they're not like false tales. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, That's really funny. So funny. I'm glad that you point this out every time. Though. <laughs> it's also, uh, it's really, I know why you told the story because I can see how that was a fun thing for you to be able, a fun moment <laughs> for you to be able to share with him. Yeah, yeah. And what a funny reaction for him to have to it. The, yeah. Well, then why, is she, why is she here? Why is she in my home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Um, uh, and I hope if, if anybody from my study abroad listens to this, I'm, I'm sure they'll be able to figure out who she is. <laughs> but it's fine. Because most of them will agree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, most if not all. It doesn't matter. It's so, I feel like we get so worried about stuff like that. And it's like, when's the next time that person's ever going to think about you or like care, you know, that you're going to care about what's going on in their life? You know, like sometimes people just pass through each other's lives in a fleeting way and it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) also people aren't not everyone's gonna like everyone like that's something i've had to get better about because sometimes i just get so hung up on like oh this person is so frustrating like but Mm -hmm. i don't have to like everyone and vice versa no i totally agree but yeah that is it can be uncomfortable um but yeah, you know, it'll never happen again that we'll be relevant in each other's lives. Right. I'm confident of that. Like, I haven't seen her since some time in Furman. And, like, literally even on Facebook, I haven't seen her in years. Yeah. So, in reality, I'm never going to see her again, probably. could have gone the way of that eighth grade <laughs> teacher. <laughs> she might be, yeah. Ate some bad Swiss chocolates I, I, yeah. <laughs> Either they're both dead or they're both in Switzerland buying <laughs> lint. <laughs> <laughs> walking a golden retriever yeah. lint the silent killer walking a golden retriever oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, they lead such glamorous lives those swiss um what was your favorite part of uh your study abroad program um your favorite like thing that you did or food that you ate or like anything that sticks out besides telling your <laughs> French brother Paul that you didn't like a woman yeah. in your program. Yeah. <laughs> not, um, not to say that that wasn't worthy of telling, but we've got that no, part out of the way. <laughs> um, that Yeah. That was a beautiful moment. I, I'm going to list off a few and Please. then probably land, land on the last one. Um, Love it. So that was fun. Obviously. Uh, having... Having a little brother for a while was very fun. So having Polo around was fun. Playing ping pong in the backyard with uh, with Paul. Um, uh, what else? Do I like? Oh, one time I played Wii Sports tennis with Polo, and he comp- he complimented me on my backhand, which um, I I love a one handed backhand in tennis. So to hear a compliment from from a French person, I was like, I, this is it. That, um, I can imagine knowing yeah. how much you love tennis and yeah. France. <laughs> That was probably like, well, nothing's ever gonna bring me yeah. out from here. <laughs> yeah. There's a moment why there's a reason why that has stuck in my memory. Yeah, that's also uh, like the the most like lo-fi way that you could get that compliment. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like you're playing tennis with a Frenchman. You're that's playing cool. Wii tennis yeah. with a French boy. Yeah. <laughs> 
To be fair, he and I did play tennis together one time, which was also fun. We played on clay courts. It's the only time I've ever played on clay in my life. Uh, uh, so that was a good moment. Uh, another great moment, seeing Vampire Weekend in Paris with uh, my friend Dylan, who I mentioned, and with uh, Dr. Bessie as well. That was very, very fun. Um, awesome. What else? I, I went to Roland Garros, uh, not for the French Open, but I got to see the stadium, which was great. Oh, I saw cool. Roger Federer play tennis in Paris. Um, not at the oh, French Open. Oh my but gosh. Yeah. So I've since been lucky enough to see him play again. I knew um, that you had seen him again. Yeah. With relative in November. Yeah. I knew it had been relatively recently. Yeah. Uh, so that was a, that was another dream come true. So really this study abroad, it was so important to me just cause it was, I was ticking off so many boxes of just like, this was a dream I've had for oh, at the time, you. like. Like for at the time, it would have been for at least a third of my life, if not, you know, a, a better half of it. You know, just marking these boxes off. Um, That's amazing. Which made for a very surreal moment when I came back. Like I remember, um, uh, like the night I think the night before I was flying back home, so like my last night in Versailles. I think I put like a Facebook status or whatever, and I was just like, like, what are you supposed to do when you're you're 20 years old and you've already like done so many of the things that you like, you know, were wanting to accomplish, even though they were small things, like they weren't, you know, yeah. things that weren't like career goals or anything like that. But it was just very surreal to be like knocking out of the park for three months and then being like, what do I do now? Like yeah. it's made for a very surreal coming home experience and being depressed for a few months. But, sure. um, one other moment from France that time that I loved, we were in Marseille, which I hate, 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 hate Marseille. Um, it was raining and it was disgusting and the garbage men had been on strike for a long time, way too long. So people had just been resorting to, in typical Marseille fashion, putting their garbage in the streets and then lighting it on fire. Oh <laughs> so, my god. So there were just like smoldering piles of garbage <laughs> streets. I um, was going to ask why you hate Marseille and then you told a story <laughs> about people building garbage <laughs> fires and I didn't yeah. have to ask the question. No. The answer came. Um, so that is a negative moment, but the beautiful moment that I love to remember from it is during study abroad. This might sound really weird, but part of me thinks it might just be a guy thing, but maybe it's not a guy thing. Maybe it's just a weird thing, or maybe it's a person thing. I don't know. Um, but Dylan and I, we were making it a goal of ours to like urinate in public in as many French <laughs> as we could. So like, oftentimes it would be we'd go out to a bar, like the people in group we would get kind of drunk and then if we're walking home one of us has to pee so we would just find a, a treat like nothing oh, so creepy like a trade-off yeah nothing creepy or anything like that but we were just trying to like so like we did like tour like, i know like dogs. we both hit like dogs <laughs> uh we both hit the champs Elysees, which was Ooh. very and that was exciting because right before we did it we saw a woman doing it on a tree like she was peeing on the tree and so it put things into perspective uh-huh. um but so yeah peeing on a, a smoldering pile of garbage ash <laughs> in the middle of the day was something I'll tell. <laughs> evidently i'll tell anybody about it but i'll definitely tell my grandchildren too <laughs> um, you can just play this for them Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it was just a beautiful moment. Like it was just fun, and then also like oddly symbolic in a way. Because I, I was in Marseille for two days, but I I grew this rage against it of just like this is the worst city on earth. I'm gonna pee on it. And That's it really fun. really funny. It's yeah. the closest youth rebellion I ever got. But yeah, I definitely have similar like 
I definitely have similar stories from study abroad that were just these small moments, but that I'll never forget. I remember one, I think our last night in Dublin, I loved Dublin. I need to go to the UK. I've never been. The only place that we, uh, went, it was the first place that we went when we got, uh, into, um, Ireland, when we crossed the pond, we like, we flew into Dublin. So it was literally the first place we went and I loved it immediately. And I was so obsessed with once and obviously still am. And I just couldn't, I was just like losing my mind and I had already met Glenn Hansard at that point. Oh, I forgot that you met him. Yeah. And, uh, and so like, I was just like, well, nothing can top this, you know? And on our way back to the hotel on our last night in, or on our way back to, uh, Trinity college, uh, where we're staying, on our last night in Dublin, we passed this um, fountain that we had passed before, and someone had put uh, bubbles in it, like <gasps> I guess like dishwashing detergent or something like that. Yeah. And um, and we were like, oh my god, that's so amazing! We have to jump in it, and like <laughs> no one even I, those of us who actually went in never second guessed it. We were just mm-hmm. like, oh well, this is happening now. <laughs> yeah. So I just have this picture of me like standing in a fountain, of uh, uh, like covered in bubbles, and it's like there's just pure joy on my face because it's like you just have to embrace, you know, that you're in this totally different place, and it's this totally happenstance thing that like yeah someone pranked this fountain or whatever uh it was awesome it smelled pretty bad and we were pretty sticky (laughs) but Uh. um yeah not bad in like a stinky way just bad okay not pleasant chemically kind of way okay yeah um yeah that's beautiful it's yeah like it's one of those moments where it's just like it's so like nothing, nothing. You, you couldn't have predicted that. Yeah. Like, there's no way that you would have been like, maybe one day I'll, you know, I'll go to Dublin and jump in a, a bubble fountain. Right. No. Exactly. Like, exactly. There's nothing you could have anticipated that, but it was. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. Also, I want to backtrack. You you mentioned Dublin, and I said, oh, I've never been to the UK, and I just want to nip it in the bud before someone listens to this and like trolls it or whatever. I realized that Ireland is not part of the UK. <laughs> I'm I was, sorry. I was gonna um, correct you, and I stopped yeah. myself. Um. Because I was just like, well, I mean, you could still say that you've never been to the UK after I talked about Dublin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I did. True. I was really but, close to no. being like, Dublin. Nope. Yeah. Okay, I, the moment I said, I appreciate but I didn't want to interrupt your story. So. I appreciate that you waited and I appreciate that you corrected yourself. And I can't imagine how many things that I would be able to hear in past episodes of this and go, Oh, I'm an idiot. That is wrong. <laughs> like that I have said. Um, yeah, one. Oh, probably like none. <laughs> probably none. Probably none. What else? Uh, did I interrupt your flow of stories, or was no on uh, the burning trash? The last one. That that was the one I was going to build to. Love yeah, it. perfect. I was just making sure that I didn't cut you off. Yeah, I love that because that really is. Uh, I think that also speaks to. Um, like doing study abroad and living in another country like that, I think, you know, you want to do all the big touristy things, but also I think the things that really stick with you are like you were saying moments that you couldn't have predicted. And, right. um, 
you know, of course, you know, going on the London Eye was really cool. Like you get to see the whole city, and you're standing in this like right. glass like thing. But I remember other small little things more fondly than that. You know, right? No, yeah, I agree. Like I've I've never been inside the Eiffel Tower, not to any of this day. I've never gone really? up the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, which is nuts. That but is so I, funny have the pleasure of being able to say that I had a moment where I could like feasibly compare peeing on a tree techniques with a woman on the Champs-Élysées. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's like how really many people, funny. how many people can say that? So yeah. I love that. That's so funny. I spent like two days in Paris and we went up there. You went up? I need to go up. I'm just waiting. I think. Yeah. Um, do it on your be, farewell tour. Yeah. I'm going to wait for like a pretty day and I'll finally go up. Um, um Let's see. What has been different? Uh, I mean, I know you're in a different part of the city or mm-hmm. this country, but what what do you think are the biggest differences between um, your experience on study abroad and your experiences since you've been there with Dapif? Mm-hmm. Dapif. Um, it's a lot different, for sure. Um uh, you get more of, um, like doing what I'm doing now. I have, I, I have more of an understanding of like what it actually would be like to be an expatriate or sure. yeah, an expatriate, right. Mm-hmm. To be an expat in, in France. Cause we study abroad, like, you know, it was all very protected. You know, we had, yeah, we had freedom. Like obviously I was peeing on garbage. So I had freedom. <laughs> <laughs> definition of freedom. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was, uh, you know, still very, you know, firm and holding your hand, very insular, very, you know, on a bus with the 12 people and sure. stuff like that. Um, whereas this time I had to, you know, do paperwork to get a visa and then do, uh, God, uh, so much paperwork when I got here and, and, and I had to get a bank account open. And oh, there's wow, so, yeah. There's just a, there's a shit ton of paperwork in France and it's, it's frustrating. And I, Part of it is bad because I'm not French, but part of it is too. It's just France. Like French people complain about it too. So it's something wow. about their culture. I don't understand it. Um, yeah. So I guess in a way, I've seen more of the frustrations that could come from living in France, which is good because, you know, for a lot of my life, um, including after study abroad, I would always be like, oh, well, maybe, like, maybe, you know, maybe I, maybe I want to live in France. And I truly, that's- when I found out that you were going to France after uh, you left grad school, I was like, oh, God, he's never going to come back. This is like, it. I yeah. really was like, well, I'd love for Bryson to move to Chicago, but it looks <laughs> like that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. We lost uh, him. <laughs> um, I was... Um, I was feeling similarly, but in a way I was feeling, I was almost afraid of that being the case more okay. than anything, which I think afraid in retrospect. Afraid of like wanting to, oh. not wanting to leave? No. Um, yes, yes, yes. What you said. I was afraid that I would get here and like be like, oh, no, this, I'm going to stay here. Right. Um, Cause like in the lead up, people would be like, oh, well, maybe you'll just like find a job and, and just stay there forever. Sure. And that was always stressing me out when they would say that. And part of that is just cause it's the future and that, you know, oh. it's scary. Yeah. I mean, what I know that's part, a big part of the reason why you went to grad school for chemistry, even though you hated that summer yeah. for a minute. Exactly. <laughs> Is because I'm terrified of the future. Yeah. Um, but so 
but what has been good, albeit maybe frustrating in certain ways, it's been good to see how many, you know, inconveniences and frustrations come from living in a foreign country. Nothing, nothing really, I'm not trying to say anything exceptional about France, but just, just the idea of being, of living in a foreign country. It's, it's so hard. Like it's, it's so difficult, um, which I couldn't have known without doing this. Um, and cause it's not even just like, you know, homesickness can become a factor, but I don't really feel like that's been the driving force. It's just the fact of like, you know, things are different. Things are harder. Things are, you know, you can't do things the way you normally would. You have to spend two months trying to open a bank account. You have to go get a, a chest x-ray just to stay in the country. You have to, wow. you know, things are closed on, on, on Sundays more than, than I would like for them to be. And, I don't know. There's just frustrations. And then there's also the fact too, that just, I, you know, I love French. Like we've talked about that. I enjoy learning French and I, all of that, but it's extremely frustrating for me to feel like I'm limited in my ability to, I guess, express myself. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and because like, yeah, you know, people know English here. Some people know English here, and I could fall on that, but I don't really want to because it's not really the point of being here. And also, it's you know, they're they're not native speakers, so you can't have like finesse in your English. You know what I mean? It won't come across. Sure, you have, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't do finesse in French because I'm, you know, I'm not basic, but I'm I'm not adept. I guess I should say. Um, and so it's just frustrating because I, I feel, maybe I'm judging myself wrong, but I feel like I, I'm a person who, like, I, I, I like words. I like, I like to be somewhat deliberate with my words. I enjoy using words and things like that, um, written or spoken, I guess. And so it, I find it deeply, deeply frustrating to be limited in that aspect, too. That's really, I think that's very, um, you know, self-aware and... Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's not going to come to mind because my brain is mush. But, like, (laughs) I think that is a really cool and important thing to kind of discover about yourself and about the reality of that lifestyle. Yeah. And I'm sure it would get better the longer you are there. Surely. But I don't know how bad – I don't know if I want it badly enough to be able to put up with that. And, like, even if you – become extremely good at a foreign language like it's never going to be as good as your mother tongue you know what i mean like there's a limit within reason i would say and so i I just i don't i don't know if i could handle the frustration of having something happen in my life being around people and wanting to like get something across or being limited i think i find that too frustrating i guess i don't know i don't know maybe i'm wrong about that but i think that's something about myself um I think it's a valid observation and introspection. Yeah, Uh, I hope so. Um, But what was I going to say? So that's, yeah, so that's another, that's kind of been the main thing I've learned from this is that I I still love France. I love it to death. I love Paris and I'm glad I'm here. But I've seen the negative aspects that I I don't think I could put up with, I guess. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Like I said, nothing, a knock against France or French culture. It's not like I'm putting them on blast. It's just, I think I've learned that being like an expat isn't the lifestyle that I'm actually cut out for. That's I think I'm, a good thing yeah. to have learned. <laughs> yeah, you, for you sure. Know, when you 
I'm sure knowing you that you would always wonder, you know? Yeah, I, I would have. Yeah, you're right. I, I would have always wanted to know. So it's glad that I'm glad that I kind of got it out of the way and, you know, on a trial sort of basis. Um, uh, yeah. That's great. I'm really happy that that's something that you guy that you got to experience and especially mm-hmm. following something that like you thought mm-hmm. was what you wanted to do, but you were miserable the whole time. Yeah. Which it, it can be frustrating too, though, because um, maybe this is just how life works, but I feel like I've had a series of sort of misfires in a way where maybe I was aiming for the wrong thing and it just didn't work out. And in a way, this feels like another one of those, which gets mm. me feeling quite depressed because it's, it, it, if I look back on it, I feel like I'm just like, okay, this keeps becoming a pattern where I'm trying something and it's not working out the way that I thought it would. But I think, I think it's just a matter of perspective. Like, I think I just need to keep in mind that like, no, I've learned something during this and like, you know, I didn't, you know, not, I'm not failing anything. I'm not wasting anything you know it's just i'm learning so it's it's fine it's worth it you know i absolutely agree with that assessment uh especially i mean it's a weird thing to compare it to but i i really try to uh convince myself and others of this kind of thing for one reason or another specifically where like relationships are concerned like whenever someone's or sometimes it's even been like friendships or like people that you're associated with i feel like it's really easy to lament like well that didn't work out like that was shitty like what a lost moment in my life like i can't believe i wasted blah 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 then it's like no come on fuck off like Mm -hmm. there are good experiences that you got out of that there are bad experiences sure Mm -hmm. but in the end you have that experience, you know, you know, you know what you didn't like about it. You know, you, you know, lived through it. So you know that you can, uh, experience something that may not be ideal. You Mm -hmm. don't have to, um, you know, look back and go, well, what if I had done this instead? Uh, you just move forward and, take the experiences that you've accumulated thus far and in this you know in my analogy uh you know i feel like after a relationship that was unsuccessful you can go oh well what didn't work about that like why didn't i like this and when you're faced with it in the future you are like oh no not this again you know Mm -hmm. Maybe that's yeah. slightly pessimistic in terms of only taking bad things away from experiences, but I think it's just, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. Right, right, right. So yeah, like, I totally agree. If you experience something, you know you did it, and you're becoming this incredibly... Bryson, I have to, like, brag on you for a second because I was before I started doing this because a friend of mine who works out of the office where I record was asking me uh-huh. who um, my guest was. And I just who this is. was like, well, he's this guy I went to college with. He's like one of my very good friends from college. I miss him very much. And get yeah. this, he has a master's degree in chemistry. 
I'm doing it over Skype because he lives in France right now. Like, I just feel like you can't underestimate yourself. Like, that's you have lived so many different facets of a life, and you're still so young. Like, it's it's just I feel like you can't just. I mean, this is just me talking at you at this point, um, which is totally unfair and stupid, but. Uh, I'll, I'll try to finish my thought, but basically I just, I'm proud of you for doing these things. I know that you may have some regrets and be frustrated and think that you made wrong decisions or, um, that, you know, you're still kind of trying to like figure out where it is that you're going to land. But mm-hmm. there are people who are <laughs> decades, your elder, who still have no fucking clue yeah. what, you know, that looks like and can't hold a candle to the experiences that you've already had. So, um, I don't know. That's just my two cents yeah. for you and for anyone listening who uh, <laughs> may or may not know Bryson. I uh, I think he's mostly full of self-deprecation. and Mostly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I just wanted to make sure you you knew that from someone no, slightly your elder who um, questions some own of my own like decision making processes. But no, I have no regret for what I did when I finished school. Even though mm-hmm. you know there are probably things I could have done differently sure, along sure. the way. Uh, but there are plenty of people I meet here who are like. Yeah oh, man, I can't believe you came right after school. Like, I don't know what I was doing. You know, like, or there's some people who are even like, I can't believe I went to college. I should have just come here, which I think yeah. is. That's terrifying. Like yeah. a, I guess, like, if you knew you wanted to do comedy and, like, just yeah. wanted to jump into it. But that shit is not for everyone. Like, you have to live yeah. a life. And you're living a life. So don't take that for granted. Yeah, that's, or I, guess, I appreciate that. It's all very kind. Sorry, that was very like motherly of me, probably. No, it was no, it was very apt. Is apt the right word? I don't know. It was very, I, I very, yeah, very well taken. Um, and I well, appreciate that. Yeah, I'm glad. And it's true. It's, I mean, it's something I think about a lot, even if I don't express it a lot. Yeah, because it's so easy. Like you know, the easy with negative experiences, the easiest thing to do is just like, well, that was shit. Of course, damn it. You know, and then like say that it's awful, but there, I mean, there really is, there's a tremendous amount of good that can come from bad experiences, you know, like absolutely personal growth and stuff like that and, and external things too. So it's, it's unfair of me to, to, I don't know, by default, just be like, oh, that was just a waste of time. You know, nah, I, I don't mean, know. There's good it. that can come from that. It's fair. It's yeah. just, it's I human just, nature. But, it is certainly human nature. Yeah. And I just think it can make you miserable if you yeah. dwell on things like that. And yeah. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir where that's concerned. Yeah, no, I I fully get that. Yeah, yeah, I need to I, be more deliberate. Um, would like to talk to you about the Paris attacks. I was hoping you would. Oh, okay. I don't be smiling, but yeah. <laughs> I I was just I'm glad you brought it up cuz otherwise I was going to have to. Honestly, um, I was like I was on the same side 
of like, I wanted you to bring it up if you felt comfortable. And I was uh-huh. like, I really want to talk to him about his experience because it, it, it's, I, I don't, it's just, you know, I'm belaboring the yeah. point now, but I, I really wanted to talk to you about it because especially in the context of like, uh, what a tragedy, you know, what a bad yeah. thing talking about bad things. This is capital B capital T bad yeah. thing, but you were there. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, however you, I'll give you free reign, uh, however okay. you want to speak about it, especially um, if you wanted it to come up and, and wanted to talk about it. Uh, please, please do. Oh yeah, no, I'm fully willing to talk about it. Um, so yeah, so I was here for the attacks in November, obviously, um, the Charlie Hebdo attacks, which were in January of 15. Right. I was not here for that. I was in Colombia still. Right. But I remember that happening, and uh, I, I'm, I'm starting it with that part because they are certainly, certainly related. Sure. Um, so I remember when, when that happened that morning when I read about it, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. This is like in the, I was, I, I was very, very heartbroken. I remember using that term and it was, it was accurate. And I was, I was just like, this is, this is certainly the worst thing that could ever happen. I was like this, I was like this, it can't get worse than this. And like in my head, you know, I, I, I knew enough about France and societal tensions, I guess I should say, um, and overall tensions in Europe and the region. And I kind of knew, you know, in, unfortunately, in, in the terrible way, these sorts of things are inevitable. Unfortunately, to a large degree, these types of attacks, like, are bound to happen. I guess I almost feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm too jaded, but that's how I feel about it. So I kind of knew, uh, realistically, this is going to happen eventually, and I was like, okay, Paris is very high on the list of places they would want to attack. So when it happened, I was like, well, this is just, this. it happened, this is awful, this is it. Um, and I also found that, I think you and I both found the Charlie Hebdo attack particularly poignant oh, because certainly. of the, the, the context, mm-hmm. the fact that it was... The satire um, and the, yeah. the writing and the, the commentary parts of it, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't a, a proper political entity or a military no. entity. And, and it was satire, yeah. It was, you know, it was calculated against the the commentators, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is what a... Horrifying. What a mm. scary, scary thing. Yeah. As far as terrorism goes, I mean, that's that's pretty damn good terrorism. <laughs> yeah, like, they, uh, they hit their mark. Um, so I found that one particularly galling i guess um yeah i thought of you when it happened not yeah just i think it, yeah i think you i think you i think we contacted each other yeah yeah mm-hmm. um perhaps we did too. um but an interesting facet of that though is the fact I, I only knew this once i got to france this time is that uh, a minority of people if they wanted to, they could find a way to defend those attacks, the ones in, in January against Charlie Hebdo, right. um, which sounds insane at first listen. Like, I was like, what? But the reason why is because, you know, they're, to Charlie Hebdo's credit, yes, they are satire, and I, I defend what they 
do and the fact that they should be able to do it. But they certainly, they cross some lines for sure. Like they, they don't walk on eggshells. So, I mean, they have every right not to walk on eggshells. Sure. But because of that, there are people who maybe find their work offensive who can then be, you know, they can rationalize it that way of like, okay, it wasn't a fully random terrorism sure. attack. They, That's, I was looking for that way, they earlier, had that like there was really nothing random about that. Right. Um, you know, whether or not that uh, like condones any part of it. Um, it's, yeah, I feel like it's just hard to, uh, it's hard to really know about that aspect of it as a, you know, non-native speaker. Like, I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, even uh, if someone could, you know, translate and communicate all of the, like, satire that was uh you know done to kind of bring this on i feel like it's still it would still be some stuff lost in translation right especially you know satire is such a and comedy in general it's delicate yeah so delicate and so different from you know language to language and people to people i mean even i've been thinking about uh this a decent amount that you know there, even within, uh, you know, some people find it, off- a lot of women find it offensive when someone says the word cunt. And, like, I mm-hmm. happen to not be one of them, but mm-hmm. I can't necessarily, you know, uh, just say, well, they're wrong. Right. Just because I think that they are, you know? Right. Like, it, can't deny that they exist, yeah. Right. Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, it, it's to me like thinking of that just in one you know group of relatively like-minded people from relatively similar backgrounds you know versus right. this two totally different cultures yeah. in a you know uh, social and political wars you know mm-hmm. is is it's just when you think about it that way, it's like, of course there is all of this tension. Yeah. yeah. Tension and tension and maybe even animosity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a very, there's a very, very delicate or fragile, I guess, relationship between mainstream French culture and, and, um, Muslim immigrants in France. Um, and there's a long history for that. It comes from the fact that Algeria used to be owned by France, and there's a lot of resentment between those two cultures, and then that also spreads to the larger, like, Arab population, I think is fair to say. I don't know. I shouldn't talk like I'm an expert, but I do know a little bit, so hopefully I'm not speaking over, um, speaking too generally. But, so there's just a lot of tension in the in society as a whole, so it makes sense that, you know, that keg blew up. Mm-hmm. Um which, to be fair, to Charlie Hebdo's credit, they put everything on blast. Like, it's not like they only target um, Muhammad. They target all religions. Yeah. And that's just, like, a part of French culture. Sure. But to immigrants who maybe, you know, don't fit every aspect of traditional French culture, I totally see why it would be particularly offensive. Sure. Not that I'm condoning it or justifying it. Sure. but. Anyway, so that's one of the main differences, though, between what happened with Charlie Hebdo and what happened in November and what made what happened in November so terrible and, like, 
fucking terrorizing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fucking, like, terrifying. Um, is the fact that it, it was so random. Like, mm-hmm. it was so, it was nothing, nothing but normal people. Nothing but normal civilians. Um, which makes it even more awful, I guess, uh, in that aspect. And yeah. just the fact that the number was greater. Yeah. But at the same time, hopefully, hopefully there will be good that comes from it because the people who maybe sympathized with the previous attacks, they now look at this and they're like, you guys are barbarians. Like you, sure. like you, you murdered people at a soccer match, which is <laughs> insane to do in Europe. Like yeah. why, like, like if you're trying to get people in Europe on your side, like don't, don't touch soccer. <laughs> like, don't touch it. Um, and then like people also just being mowed down while like smoking a cigarette and drinking on a terrace. Like that's, that, that is quintessential French. Like mm-hmm. you're, it's insane. Um, so in a way that's a, hopefully good will come from it. But, uh, yeah. So that night it was, uh, it was November. Um, I, I believe it was Friday the 13th, if I remember correctly. It was um, a Friday. Yeah. Er- yeah. It, it was the 13th. I know that. And it was a Friday actually. Yeah. So it was definitely Friday the 13th. Oh um, gosh. Which I don't place significance on that, but I know my mother does because one time something something bad happened in my life, and then she was like, you know, it was Friday the thirteenth, and I was just like, come on, mom. I mean, it could, it could have also been by design. I don't want to give them too much credit by them for the terrorists. Right. Yeah, yeah, not for the other thing that happened in my life, but yeah, yeah, in this particular, <laughs> <laughs> I, we can't blame ISIS for everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, so yes, I was at, um, I was at a bar slash restaurant that, that I quite like. Um, I was there with a friend of mine who's American. He went to Furman and then two of his French coworkers. Um, and so we were, we had eaten and then we were just like having beers. Um, and so we, we were at a place called Bastille, Place de la Bastille, um, uh, which was, two to three, like in between two and three metro stations away from the Bataclan, which is the the concert hall. Right. Um, and then, so all kind of around the Bataclan, it was where the restaurants were. Um, the, the soccer stadium is much further away. It's in the north of Paris. Um, so we were relatively close, like in terms of being in terms of being like close to a, a terrorist attack, yeah, we were relatively close. Thankfully, you know, we didn't hear gunshots or anything like that. We were too far away for that, certainly. Um, but it was very surreal because, like, we didn't know what was going on until people started contacting us on our phones. And I think, for, in my case, it was all just Americans who found out before I did. Really? Like, my, my mother sent me Facebook messages of like, of like, there's a shooting in France, like a shooting in Paris. Like, where are you? Blah blah blah. That's so um, and other scary. people were doing similar. Yeah, because all that was happening for us um, was we were starting to hear sirens. Right. Um, so, like, we heard a few, and, you know, for a few, you don't really remark on it. And then right. also, it's 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 Paris. I'm not from a big city, so I'm like, okay, well, how many sirens is, like, normal for a big city? Right, you know, like, sure. there are millions of people. Um, but then it started to get to the point where there would be, like, you know, one every minute. And then, like, I stepped outside, and they were just going by, like a few within a minute just constantly and I came back I was like like they're still coming like where like what's going on 
And then that's when we started to hear from people. Um, and like somebody was like, oh, there's an explosion at the soccer game, apparently, which the soccer game was on in the bar. And I looked at it and they were just playing soccer. So I was like, that doesn't seem true. So it was all very confusing, very, very confusing. But then, you know, everyone in the bar slowly began to realize like, oh, oh, this is bad. Um, so the bar closed early, which I kind of wish they had just like closed and like kept us in or something like that. But I guess they, right. whatever, it's their decision. So we were on the street. Yeah, uh, it's trying like to, we're closing our doors. Get out into yeah, this into horrible the, fray. <laughs> yeah. Um, but make sure you pay for your drinks first. Yeah. Um, and so we were on the street, like trying to, what? It's like, what um, do you do, you know? Yeah. Trying to find a cab because we were like, okay. I was like, I, we were like, we're not going to take the Metro because we don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I'm not going to take the train home because that's insane too. Uh, so we were like, okay, we're going to my friend Matt's apartment, but that's on very far away in terms of being in Paris. Mm-hmm. So we're like, well, we're going to have to walk because like people were trying to get Ubers and stuff like that, but everybody was canceling. Or like the, the app was crashing and then people were refusing to pick people up because no one knew like who was doing this. Oh so nobody wanted to like pick someone up in their cab and then be taken hostage or something. Yeah. yeah. But then thankfully, thankfully, we managed – we had resolved ourselves to walk home um, like oh. the longest route possible to stay away from the area. But thankfully, this one Uber driver, he came and picked us up and he was like – I, I, he was Arab and like, he was so wonderful. I'm so glad he picked us up. And uh, like he, he had the news playing in his car. And that's when, uh, that's when I found out that there were like hostages at the Bataclan and stuff like that. Um, well, they weren't really hostages. They were just kind of waiting to murder them because they weren't going to trade them. But anyways, um, so that's when it all became very real of like, this is awful, awful, awful. And the streets were more empty and, uh, it was just terrifying. And, um, like my my host here, she was texting me of like, where are you? Because she knew I was in Paris, and I told her where I was. And she, her test back was just like, do not stay in that area. Oh and I was, my gosh. but like in my head, I'm like, I like I can't go anywhere. Like, right. Like I was still in the bar. I was like, I can't just like like I can't come home. Like I like, what do I do? Right. Um. And my mother, she was like, she's like, where are you? Are you near it? And that's when I looked at the Metro map and I was like, ah, kind of, but oh, in the, no. my response back, I was like, no, of no, course. it's like the other Paris. I was like, no, we're fine. Yeah. And then, Cause you can't, actually, you can't tell your mom halfway across the world yeah. watching <laughs> this on the news. And well, I'm, I'm two <laughs> Metro stops away. Yeah. I could be in very real danger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, my phone was dying too. So like, I, I I was messing. Around. I was like, like my phone's dying. Like, so if I stop responding, it's probably because yeah. my phone is dead. <laughs> right, right. Um, but so it was insane. And then like the next day, Paris was on. Like most people weren't walking around, which was surreal because it was a Saturday and it was just pretty empty. And um, yeah, it was just surreal. I don't know, very surreal. Um, because it um. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's just one of those things that you obviously you don't ever want it to happen, and it was odd. It was just very odd, very very odd. It doesn't play into my decision for not wanting to stay here by of any course. means. That's oh gosh, yes. I never even thought that for yeah. a second. No, 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 that's like not a factor at all. Um, but it, it's definitely one of those moments that you know. Obviously, I'll I'll look at it forever probably and be like yeah. that. That was a very weird night. Um, 
So, I mean, think, I, I, don't, I didn't have, like, any shock or anything like that, I don't think, because it's not like, like I said, we didn't hear gunshots or anything. But it certainly was an awkward time after that. And I, that night, I wasn't in shock, but that night was very, like, what is happening? Surreal. Like, I just remember texting people back home and just being like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. And this was at probably 2 or 2.30 once we calmed down. And I was just like, I'm going to go to bed. What a weird night. It's just like, in retrospect, I feel like that's a very odd term Response. to use. Yeah. But, like. I, I didn't know, I don't know, even I don't know what would have been a better term for it. I mean, I mean to, I why? otherwise, just, I don't know. Even just the, like, oh, the soccer game, you know, was attacked. No, it's still on TV. Like, yeah, I can't it, imagine how disorienting and mm-hmm. weird and it's like, I guess I was like, man, that would be so scary. But if you didn't know, it's like you didn't even really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It really only became scary to me once we, once the bar had kicked us all out and then we were on this, like just standing on the sidewalk at Place de la Bastille and we were like, are we walking home? Like, what do we do? Then I was just kind of like, uh, then it became very weird of like, what's going to happen now. Right. And, and part of me too was just like, I don't want to keep just standing here. Mm-hmm. Like that seems insane. Um, so that was very weird. Um, and the only, I don't know. The only other thing weird that came from it is I do know, um, I go back to that bar a lot now still. Cause it, I think it, it's, it's special to me. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. I like it there. Um, but I do remember for, a long time after it, and maybe even sometimes still, I still catch myself doing it, but if I'm like in that general area, even right after it was anywhere in Paris, but still if I'm in that area and I hear several sirens, I still like get a little just on edge, like just where I'll like, like I look around and I'll like, as they drive by, I, I, I follow them with my eyes and just like watch them and then like wait to see if more come. And then I'm just like, okay. Um, so that would be the only weird thing that came from it, I guess. But it's just surreal, you know? It's very surreal. Yeah. Um, what do but you it's... think, like, do you think there, do you think there was, like, a general, I just can't imagine being, I mean, you mentioned that the day after there just weren't really people walking around. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there would be a pretty palpable, like, what just happened <laughs> feeling yeah like yeah i know i don't remember if i i might have just written this in my phone i can't remember but it felt to me it was like the next day it felt like all of paris was hung over like it felt like oh, you the entire yeah it felt like the whole city was hung over yeah i think it was in the facebook message i sent to you i was like it feels like all of paris is hung over but it's not from having had too much fun the night before. It's just like we had something awful and now we're all hungover. Um, Weird. Which was just deeply unsettling. I don't know. Yeah. But then, I don't Yeah, it was just very weird. It, it became a completely different city for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, it, well, it's a different city, I guess, forever because of it. But most of life has gone back to normal at this point. Um I don't have to open my bag every time I walk in a store. Now it's only some some stores. Wow. <laughs> uh, 
but that was annoying for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, ugh, I got to take my shoes off when I get on it, airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> Some people ruin it for all of us. Yep. <laughs> um, but it was just... <laughs> um, but it, it's it's surreal. I don't know. Like, I don't want to... I don't know. I'm always... I, I feel like I have to be very careful... Well, I don't know. Maybe this is bullshit, but I feel like I, I try to be very careful about how much importance I place on it in terms of an event that has happened in my life. But maybe that's the case with every moment. But I, I don't know. I think I'm just terrified of, well, I don't know. You know how I am. I'm terrified of like saying something about it and then having everyone who knows me be like, oh, that's that guy who never shuts up about that one oh, time. Sure. You know what I mean? Okay. But that's yeah. kind of like, that's kind of insane of me to be acting that way but of course it is because yeah. i'm sure any t- like yeah i mean i know people who were directly affected by 9-11 right and it's like whenever it comes up i'm never like we get it yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> i'm like jesus christ i can't imagine what that must be like you know right. it, it's just yeah. a part of their life. It's something they always have to live with. That, like, you know, their family was directly affected by that. Yeah. Um, I mean, praise God, like, I I wasn't that personally affected by it. But it does feel like one of those things where, like, you know, you've seen the videos of 9-11 where, like, the people on the streets of New York are, like, not the ones who are hurt or anything like that, but the ones who know what's happening, you know, they're just, like, horrified of, like, what's yeah. happening? Like, this is this real life? Yeah. I guess it was kind of you know, that was the night in my life where I felt the closest to that, to sure. that moment of just like, is like, is real life still like happening right now? Or sure. is it was just so, is wow. this a glitch? So you know real. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Which hopefully, I mean, I guess God willing, hopefully that's the closest I'll ever get to that, but who knows? <laughs> right. right. Uh, well, thank you for talking to me about that. I'm glad yeah. it was something that you, uh, because it's, it's like, I want to ask about it because I want, I wanted you to talk about it and I wanted to talk to you about it, especially in, within the context of the, the conversation. Um, yeah. no, I, I was, I'm I totally fine with talking about it. Um, yeah, no, it was really, it's, yeah, no, it's a story I have no qualms with talking about i mean i don't want to sound flippant about it or anything like that i don't think so i mean it was yeah i feel like if anything you have every right to talk about talk about it however you want like you were Mm -hmm. there as yeah as there as you could have been without actually you know being involved or closer you know right right um is there anything else that you uh feel like you would be remiss if you didn't speak to it where france is concerned or your experience there or your love for the, um, the country or... um i guess i don't know i guess i we kind of talked about it before i guess but i think I've, I've learned like the biggest thing i've learned while i've been here this time is um i guess that like you know, I have a tendency to be unhappy. Like that's kind of uh, I, my natural state leans toward that mm-hmm. emotion more than others. Mm-hmm. It leans towards being unhappy and being kind of displeased and 
Hence not content. my diatribe about trying to convince you right, that yeah. your life right. isn't over because you think you <laughs> might have made two wrong decisions. Right. <laughs> um, but that's where my my natural state tends to go towards. So I have to be deliberate to sort of try to uh, push against that. And I think I've learned a valuable lesson while here, which I, I should have already learned it, to be honest. And maybe it's just a case of it taking a few times. But... It's the fact that I think part of me, the, the the naive part of me that I haven't gotten rid of yet, he looked at this experience almost as like, okay, maybe, like maybe I'll be happy if I'm there. Uh, like maybe if I go there, then that is going to like really like just do it um, because I knew I liked it the last time, and so I guess whatever. But I think I've it, you know, I've very clearly learned that like you know, uh, things like that, like a physical change of location isn't going to give you any sort of intrinsic lasting happiness. Like it can't, like no matter how good the place is. I mean, France is a place I love. I love Paris. I still do. Mm -hmm. But I, I think I'm quite thankful that I've had the realization of like, that's not, you know, know, that's not gonna, yeah, that's not gonna like make me like chipper, super duper happy. You know, it has to be, intrinsic um and i should have already known that and i guess i especially i don't know i don't know i should have known hey like i said there's never you know it's never a total loss (laughs) i think that's a really important thing to have realized for yourself and i think in turn you know if that doesn't answer the question then the pursuit so they say continues. Yeah. I think uh I think there's definitely like deeper things um to be taken from that in terms of like, well then right. I can't deny these other things that yeah. may uh, like contribute to further my last thing. Yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. So Good. I'm glad to yeah, I'm glad to have learned that. But um, uh, how do you think you're, or were you going to say something else? Uh, no. Okay. How do you think... I feel like I cut you off. How do you think your love of France and everything therein has influenced you both creatively mm-hmm. and your life in general? Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, these are very bow-tying questions, especially the, the life in general thing. Because uh, I know that's something we've spoken about a lot, but right, yeah. So life in general, you know, I, I, a lot of the big. I feel like a lot of the biggest lessons I've learned in life, I've learned while here. Oddly wow. enough, yeah. Um, which I don't want to extrapolate that out and you know fall into there. Like, oh well, then I guess I can only learn lessons in France. Right. Or like, that's, yeah. That's bullshit because one of the um, lessons that you that just exactly learned is, <laughs> there's nothing exceptional about being in france <laughs> so i can't fall for that this time bryson um, but so yeah you know it's it holds importance in my life in that aspect i've learned several lessons being here this time and i i definitely learned a lot during study abroad like i remember when i came back from that and at Furman. Um, there were people who, and I, I believe they meant it in a nice way, but they were like, you seem so different. Really? Um, 
yeah. And I was like, do I? Um, and, uh, I know one person was like, you just seem more confident, which seems insane to me because (laughs) I didn't feel any more confident. And so if anything, I guess it just lets me know how low it was when I left. But they were like, yeah, you just seem more confident. Um, maybe it was just because I was holding a beer and like I was drinking. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That's like, true. maybe that's you all. You didn't it was. really start drinking until the trip, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and I have not stopped. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I have. <a> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I haven't uh, stopped. I'm three sheets <laughs> to the wind right now. <laughs> Very functioning alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, uh, what was, um, so yeah, so there have definitely been things in my life, whether I've been aware of the lessons or not, I've learned mm-hmm. a lot while being in France and I, I cannot take that for granted, I guess. I should sure. not, I should not let that be lost on me. Sure. And creatively, um, it has that effect on me, I, I suppose, cause I actually, I mean, you know, I like to write things from time to time and a few of them have been written while I've been in France. Mm-hmm. Um, which has been fun. I always find myself, I don't know, in a different zone, I guess, when I am over here. Mm-hmm. Like one of the short plays that I am still the most proud of, um, uh, I wrote it just like on a park bench on the side of one of the streets in Paris. I would just eat dinner, have a little bit of wine, and then I would go down and write for a while. Like it all felt very, awesome. you know, it felt very stereotypical and maybe right. I was trying to but whatever, I got the job done. Yeah, um, I was going to say. If <laughs> you yeah. And then I, I finished one um, a little while ago. Well, not finished. But anyways, so it's had an effect on it. I guess it, it, you know, it lets you focus in a certain way. I don't know. There is something inspiring about it. People say that all the time, and it mostly sounds like uh, <laughs> drivel. But it, right. there, is, there is some truth to it. There's something about... Being in a city, and maybe Chicago is like this too. I haven't been to Chicago. All I can really say for a fact is that Columbia is not like this. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina does not fit this description. Bryson, but- I think Columbia, South Carolina is the worst place I've ever lived. And I only lived there for a summer. <laughs> it, oh my gosh. You're so Actually, great. I'm from Lancaster. Uh, so far, that's right? probably the worst place I've ever lived. I will, I, I think we can both agree. We can like virtually shake hands. Yeah. The Piedmont of South Carolina yes. is, is the worst yeah. place. Yeah. End of sentence. <laughs> it is the spot that God finished right before he took his nap on the seventh. <laughs> like, he's like, I just can't. I can't. South Here's- Carolina's Piedmont is quite possibly one of the worst places on the face yeah. of the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And that if is, it- this is being said by two people who, if not born and raised there, spent a vast majority Huge of their port. lives yeah. there. Yeah. Like, if the region were not controlled by pro-life people, we would have just raised it to the ground by now (laughs) and started over and called it a loss. (laughs) But we are too proud. (laughs) And I'm not including myself in that. We actually should not. They are too proud. Um, So 
unlike that region of South Carolina, Paris is a city that, you know, you feel a certain level of inspiration, I guess, while you're here. It's just, it's beautiful. It, it does inspire you. Very, um, very good answer. Yeah. Uh, I also think, if I may, that mm-hmm. it's very pertinent to this conversation and question that you feel um, expressionally stunted mm-hmm. by the language barrier. Yeah. Uh, I think that's something that is, you know, like I said, when you express that, really introspective and interesting. And I think it's it's just pertinent to, to mm-hmm. this. Because especially in the sense that, like, you have been forced to probably be a bit more um introspective with thoughts and you know feelings and like you said like when something happens to you you don't you can't immediately express it to someone and right how can you ignore that as a uh you know creative aspect of your life where france is concerned yeah i agree Hmm. it's difficult um, well, this has been a pleasure, a I real pleasure. Have, I am so... I was looking forward to it so much, and it was everything yeah. I wanted it to be. <laughs> I've really enjoyed myself, and it it feels good, too, because I, I've been feeling a little bit down, because this girl that I went to high school with, she was on American Idol, actually. <laughs> and I was just kind of jealous, because, like... <laughs> I just, I wanted that, I guess. I don't know. I well, to Bryson, be the girl I'll, on American Idol, but. It may not be American Idol, but I can make you a girl on MBSing. <laughs> Thank you. It means so much. Um, um, she's not on American Idol by the, anymore, by the way. She got to Hollywood, but she didn't really? make it. Really? You're yeah, going to she, Hollywood? She took that piece really of paper and ran out of the room and was like, ah! Yes, <laughs> well, she sure did. Um, crazy I'm, I'm, i guess i'm happy for her though <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're my American uh, idol. thank you um i had thank a you. feeling I, this would be like hybrid uh catching up and checking in and yeah. podcasting but i don't give a single shit i think it, it was, was perfect and everything i wanted it to be i loved it i had so much fun and hopefully my mother will probably listen to it, and hopefully the language won't be too much for her. There weren't that many. Um, I said the C not word. Not that many fucks. I'm sorry, Bryson's mom. That it was. Terry. I used Terry. it. I'm sorry, Terry. I used it to uh, articulate a point. I wasn't just yeah. throwing it around flippantly, but I would. Don't put it past me, Terry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bryson, this has uh. been really fantastic. Yeah, it's been wonderful. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go catch some Z's. I'm gonna go. I know. I you're gonna get like four hours of sleep or something. Yeah, absurd. This this white boy's got to get on a train to go to Disneyland Paris in the morning, like the American Idol he is. What an American Idol! What an American Idol! Okay. Well, Bryson, I love you. And I mean that. I I love you so much. It's so good. I can't wait to see you in Chicago.
This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.